When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Maple Leafs and Capitals tied 2-2 late in the second period. Also late in the second, 1-1 Coyotes and Canadians. Four games coming up later on tonight. Raptors trail the Pacers 88-83 with eight minutes left in the fourth. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, we've had a busy day of Oilers news. Peter Shirelli dismissed as GM. We spent the last hour of the show taking one-minute phone applications for the position of general manager. We had some very interesting applications, uh, some very uh, thorough and well thought out, some a little more off the cuff, and some very humorous. So I appreciate that. Totally random comment here. Uh, somebody on Twitter, and I don't know, I, I, I look on Twitter a lot, but I, I don't like spend hours on it and I don't really go back and forth with people. And I don't know why this individual tweeted this. Somebody tweeted, Grant Fewer was a below average NHL goalie carried by a dynasty. Grant Fewer himself replied to this tweet. I guess that's what the Hall of Fame thought too. <laughs> As we bring in Rob Brown. Hey, Rob. <laughs> good day, Reed. How are you doing? Yeah, good. What do you think of that fewer response? <laughs> uh, well, it's obviously someone that uh, doesn't watch a lot of hockey nor know much about it. <laughs> Grant Fuhrer was the greatest goalie of his generation. And you can ask anybody. Like We, we talked the other day. We had Denny Savard on the show the other day with us. And he actually brought up Grant Fuhrer. He said that he was the best goalie. That when there was a... a you needed a save, or when it was a money game, he was the guy that came up big for the Edmonton Oilers. So, uh, kind of humorous. And, yeah, I, I like Grant's response. Uh, the Hall of Fame knows a little bit better than, obviously, that tweeter. And maybe, the, uh, here's the thing. I, I know with the written word, sometimes humor doesn't come across very well. So, may, I don't know, maybe that was just an odd odd attempt at humor uh, by that person. But Grant Fuhrer was uh, an, an exceptional goaltender. And he, he always seemed to make the saves when you you need them we're going to talk we're going to look ahead here for the Oilers but you know last night we can and and you said you weren't pleased with any of the three goals on Koskinen but you really needed that stop in the third when the Oilers finally woke up and got a goal but less than two minutes later uh, um, Detroit went ahead by two again hey that that was huge Um, you know the Oilers were terrible for her 40 minutes and that's pretty obvious but the goals that Koskinen let in um, are goals that he wouldn't normally let in or you wouldn't think he would. First one, he was off his angle. Second one kind of went through him. And finally, the others got their game together, and they start pressing, and they get a goal early. And those are the ones that scare you. When you're leading by a couple goals in a third period of a game, and you've had trouble securing victories, you're always thinking on the bench. Okay, get through the first five minutes. Okay, 
or through the first five, get through the next five. But if you give up one early, panic sets in. And so the Oilers score early, and you're thinking, as an Oilers fan, here they come. The Detroit Red Wings are thinking, oh, no. And then you get that one break. And that one, I mean, Manning got beat, but you need a goalie to make a save. And, and it wasn't as though it was the guy came in and made an incredible move. He didn't have anywhere to go. He was just throwing the puck on net. That puck cannot go in. And all of a sudden, that hill just got so much higher for the Oilers. And you and I are sitting up in the press box, and any belief that the Oilers could come back in that game ended when they didn't get the save that they needed. Yeah, well, I mean, they finally outshot a team, 17-3 in the third. And, and again, it was it was too late. They need to start games like that. But, you know, then you're sitting there, well, you never know if they, if they could have got that stop. Maybe they would have tied it up. Anyway. Uh, it's been dreary for the Oilers, 5-12 and 12 in their last 17. We talked about this 11-game set in January. They only go 5-6 and six in the month. I mean, really, they needed to probably get 14 points. Instead, they're stuck with only 10. We've been having a lot of big-picture discussions today about the general manager, who gets that job, and it will be Keith Gretzky taking on those duties for now. Nicholson will look for a new GM. Uh, what's going to happen in the summer? What can they do with contracts? All relevant. Uh, but I know, Rob, you, you're you great at breaking down the games and what needs to happen. So let's keep it to a coaching and player level here uh, for our discussion. I'll start with, with the, the big question. Uh, we know Clefbaum will make the team better. How much better will it be enough for them to pull themselves back into it? Well, I, I still think they're they're still in it. Um, if you're within four or five points of a playoff spot with, what, 30, 31, 32 games left, you have a chance. And there's going to be a stretch where the Oilers play a, a number of games against divisional opponents, Western Conference opponents, and if they get on a bit of run, they can, make a, they can, they can finally pull into a, a playoff spot. So they are in it. Uh, I, I think right now there's a lot of pressure on poor Oscar Clefbaum, I think that it may take a few games for him to get up to speed. He's been out for quite a while, and then there's a long break where they're not having a lot of practices as a team. So it's not going to be easy for him to step in. But what he will do is he'll start getting guys slotted where they needed to be slotted. He'll make Larson better immediately, simply because they have such nice chemistry together. Uh, Nurse and Russell now move down, and Nurse get a, a reasonable 22, 23 minutes a night, not 28. And then your third pairing will be guys that will have moved back to, to not playing against the other team's second line or, or getting every once in a while thrown out against the other team's top line. They'll be getting much softer minutes. And then they'll be in the right spot. So having Clefbaum back is going to make it better. The power play is going to be better. Uh, Darnell Nurse is, is filled in admirably, but I, I, Clefbaum, that's his spot. And they're comfortable with him back there. And he, he will make that power play better. So I, I have no doubt that they have the ability to climb and climb back into this and i think oscar is going to make a difference but there are so many other things that have to go right for them in this last little half of the season uh for them to be a playoff hockey club because it's not just one defenseman that's out is the cause of all their misery there's a lot of other issues all right you know what rob i I gotta dive into this and you and i this is our sixth season doing the games uh together and you've been our analyst for 13 years here on 630 chet and and 
You have often said when people call in, why are they changing the lines? Why are they doing this? You have often said, okay, you got to settle down. The other team changed the lines, but you didn't notice it because you're not a fan of that team. You only notice what the Oilers are doing, and you have numerous stories as a player when you might be on one line and then the next game with somebody else. But you said yesterday, well, I won't put words in your mouth, but I'll tee up. You basically said, okay, like, what is my old coach doing? Like, there's no continuity, no chance to build any sort of familiarity. Yeah, it's true. And it's funny because Todd McClellan looks like he had a stable lineup for for months now after seeing Hits do this. Uh, Right now, there's some young players on the team that are trying to find traction. And I mean, I know Yamamoto went down, but he was counted on producing this last little while. He's been starting on the first line or second line at times. Pugliarvi, they need him going. When you are scared to play, when you are nervous to be who you are, it's hard to play the game. And when skilled, young, skilled players who are drafted because of their offensive pedigree, drafted because of their creativity, are fearful of what they can do on the ice and what they can't do on the ice, it takes away from their strengths. And the way that Hitch has been coaching as of late, and part of it is due to the fact that nobody is doing what they need to be doing. But Hitch has given you one-two shifts, and if it's not done in one-two shifts, then you're all of a sudden you're going down in the line. So Pugliarvi will start with McDavid, and then two shifts in, three shifts in, he hasn't done exactly what they needed. Now he's down. So that makes the player fearful. They start, okay, I'm not going to make a mistake. I'm going to play very cautious. I'm going to play very safe. And... When they have the puck, they can't play that way. Pugliarvi can't play where he's, he's nervous to make a mistake. Yamamoto certainly can't play that, that way. Yamamoto wasn't drafted to go off the glass and out. He wasn't drafted to dump the puck in and, and, and hit somebody. So I think there's a, a fear in, in some of the players, and it's not just those two young players because the Raddies, the Spooners, uh, all of those players are on the same boat as together that if they make a mistake earlier, if they, are, they get a bad balance or things don't go their way, they're, they're down in the lineup. Now they're getting out every fifth, sixth, seventh shift. So there is fear. I know what Hitch is trying to do. Hitch is trying to find something that works. And what we've seen for most of this year, there's been three players, four when Chason has been healthy, that have produced on a consistent basis. But at some point, you've got to trust that players are going to find chemistry within themselves and run with it and give here's our line for tonight and we're going to run we're going to go for you know two periods and then in the third period if we're still trailing or things aren't going right then we'll throw go back to our magic what we've had before but i I do believe that there i i don't know if i've ever seen hitch move players around in a lineup during a game as much as i've seen in this last little while and a lot of it is probably frustration a lot of it is uh players not playing up to their potential, not giving what they need defensively. But there's been zero continuity out there at all in the last little while, and it does affect players. Yeah, it is interesting because people would complain about McClellan, and he would usually stick with the same lines for the first two periods and then flip them for the third. But, uh, you know, and, I do, and I do think sometimes we as observers, I'll put fans and media together, place too much importance on the line combinations because they do change. But... But, uh, like, four minutes into the game, it's like the morning skate's out the window. And then four, four minutes later, it's out the window again. Yeah, it, it, it's tough. Um, and, and the one thing that you see, and I know that 
yeah, last game, Connor's three times, four times threw the puck away on the power play. But sometimes you're putting the puck where a player you think a player is going to be. An example, when McDavid and Drysaddle play together, they don't need to see each other on the ice to know where they are. They don't need to take that extra second to look, okay, there's where Connor is. Because you play with someone for a long time, you get some chemistry. And you understand the way they read the situations as well as you. So I know if I get the puck here, Connor is going to go there. And I know I can put a puck there right away because that's where he's going to be. Or I know that my safety valve, he's going to be behind the net. And I don't have to look there because I know that he's already there. So it, when you play with someone over and over and over again, you, you get become very familiar with their habits, with their tendencies, and it's way easier to play. And that's why um, you, you see some lines that stay together forever and it looks like, well, that was a no-look pass. How do you know he, he was there? Well, it's just because time after time after time, that's where that guy's always been. So... They, I think, and, and Connor talked about it last year when he was, they, he, when Todd was switching the lines up. He said, "I'd like to see some stability for a while." Now, the only problem is, there's been a lot of games where it started with a lineup, and Hitch has seen in the first seven, eight minutes, the a lack of interest, a lack of um, desire, uh, desperation, and he gets frustrated. He says, "All right, I'm going back to my." my what I like better but at some point I think you, you've got to trust that you got the players and the players eventually have to sink or swim and you got to wait and see which way it's going to go yeah it, it's it's tough and they're, they're losing is never fun it's never fun for the fans and the people that who invest time and or money in, in the games but I mean these last couple it was just like seriously like that that's the fight you're going to put up until you're down 3 or 2 nothing well then it's great but uh, but i mean it's too little too late so that i mean that mentality has to change and to me i mean there's a lot going on here Shirelli was criticized the new gm's going to have to repair holes in the roster you know hitch obviously is going to have to work on some things but being ready to start games i still think that is mostly uh, that's still mostly a player thing to me that, that's all player uh, i mean the coach can come in he can pump you up, he can rah, 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 he can, I know that Pittsburgh, I, I can't remember, I think it was Danny Bowsby used to do a little lineup thing in the dressing room and everyone would cheer, but uh, you're a professional player, everyone that's in the National Hockey League has been a leader on some team throughout his life, and he's played in important hockey games, whether it's minor hockey, junior, college, minor pro, internationally, uh, they don't need somebody to come in and tell them, hey, you know what, tonight in the first five minutes, I want you to skate really hard and hit people and show some aggression. They know, they all know that. And they go out on the ice. I just think right now there's uh, uh, there's a fear. There's a, 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 a nervousness in that dressing room. And it, it's carrying out into the play. And I don't know why it's that way. But what we found is the Edmonton Oilers, when things all go right, when all the bounces go their way and they get good goaltending, they can beat anybody. But they're a team that they're not good enough to outscore their mistakes. And we're seeing a lot of mistakes early in hockey games, and a lot of it is self-inflicted. Bad reads, bad communication, uh, bad passes, things that they can control. And then they fall behind, and then when they try their comeback and they, they start double-shifting their best players, there's just not enough time in the game for them to come back. So they're not good enough to to come back from, from big mistakes early in a hockey game. So if that's the case, and, and Connor said it himself, we have to 
be prepared to win 2-1 or 3-2. Because he, he realizes that, and he's the best player in the world, and he realizes they can't outscore their mistakes. So he knows that if this team's going to be a successful team, they've got to be a much um, simpler team, a much more determined team, and they're capable of doing that. But at the end of the day, I, I honestly believe this team is fairly close to where they they probably belong. If you look at the talent on this team, they are they got three superstars up front. They got you know two pretty good defensemen, but the rest of the players, it's they they are a middle of the pack hockey team. And uh, some days they they can look like all stars, and some days they'll lose to the worst team in the NHL. Yep. Well, and and uh, that's what the GM is going to have to fix is that depth issue for sure. Whoever that turns out to be, Rob, always interesting with this club. Thanks for checking in. Uh, you and I are both taking a little bit of time off here, so I will see you next Saturday in the morning for the game against Philly. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. That is Rob Brown, former Pittsburgh Penguin, our inside the game analyst for the Oilers broadcast here on 630. Chad Love talking to Rob. That was more of a on-ice coaching discussion with Rob. How do the current Oilers get it done how much better can they play what do they have to do i know robin i don't believe that they can play a lot a lot better but i do believe they can play better than what they've shown the last couple of nights quick timeout. we've uh, had jim hanging on the open line so we'll bring him in when we get back thanks for tuning in tonight inside sports on 6 30 chad uh got a couple minutes here for jim go ahead jim uh, yeah, um, since 2010 or 2011, they have had four or five f- first overall picks in, in the draft. Yes, four. Uh, four since 2010. 2010, and they have had two lottos, uh, you know, um, McDavid and uh, who was the other one? Well, they 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 won the they actually won the lottery three times, and they kept the first overall pick when New Jersey won the lottery, and they drafted Nuge. I I can't believe with all that nobody no other team has had something like that, uh, and and the mess that they're in it's unbelievable. Well, unbelievable. yeah, it's bad. It's bad, Jim. And and uh, the next general manager and there's a lot won't take it unless they get control of what they're uh what the players they're going to take and uh, who's going to trade and everything else they want full control and if the, the the people there there's eight or ten of them uh interfere well you won't get a, a good gm so you, you think do you think shirelli was being interfered with yes really yes definitely there was other people in on on those trades uh, they're not saying it, but you can tell. Oh, yeah. He didn't have full control. And and the next guy, if he don't get full control, won't stay there. He won't even sign. All right. Thanks, Jim. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. We're back after the break. We have Gary on the line, and we'll check in with Doug McLean.
Maple Leafs lead the Capitals 4-2 early in the third. Same part of the game. Canadians up 2-1 on the Coyotes. Four games coming up later. Well, while an avalanche actually just getting underway, Pacers lead the Raptors 110-106 in the dying seconds of the game. Gary, you're on with Reed. Go ahead. Hey, Reed, how you doing? I didn't get a chance to be the manager, but uh, I'm going to throw a little wrench into the concept here. Sure. Um, the Edmonton Oilers definitely need, let's say, they could get one one scorer. So here, here is the plan, is to uh, bring back somebody, and I don't know the rules here, Reed. You might have to look this one up. Is Let's say a Ryan Smith, who's playing in the senior league or somebody that is an unbelievable scorer that had played in the NHL at some point. You could get them for reasonable dollars, and uh, you could probably uh, put them on a line, I don't know saying on the first line, but maybe a second-line player or a third-line player that actually would have some, some zip and maybe score some goals. That would be one way of uh, leaving the... Uh, leaving the lines pretty well the same. Well, the so, well, well that, bringing back a retired player, Gary? Yeah. Uh, well, what I, about a Ryan I, Smith? I, 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 still play I, well, for 30 games? I object. There's a reason they retired, but go ahead to your next point. Okay, my other point is I'm going to take one out of the Claire Drake uh, book. Is Hitch, Hitch, Hitch will know this one. Invite Grant Fuhrer to, to coach the goalies for sure because he can, Kostner needs some work and so does Talbot. And then hire the Sutter brothers, Daryl and Brent, to come back and help out and give Hitch a helping hand. I don't care what it is, but give him a helping hand. They would love to do that and get this team uh, on a regular pace because I think it has a lot to do with motivation. If it, players don't want to play then bring up the uh players from the minors who cares all right thanks gary Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. anthony as well hey anthony hey reed how's it going pretty good um there's just a question to you like where from, from the media perspective where do the oilers go from here like this is this is like we've become i yep. think the cleveland browns of of the nhl right um yeah, it's been a long time since they've been consistently good. And, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, it, look, I, I feel like I'm talking about the same things I was talking about five years ago. They have three yeah. good players, and they have no depth. The, to be fair, yeah, they're right. actually probably better than the team from five years ago. Maybe that's more of a testament to how bad that team was. Uh, I, I think it's, like I said, man, they first of all, in my mind, they need a second line, and they don't have the money to get it. So I, I am not, but, but I still think because of McDavid and Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins being pretty efficient players, this might be what we're in for for next year and maybe beyond. Can you win? Can you, can you squeak into the playoffs? Uh, and again, my prediction before the year was that they would barely make the playoffs and lose in the first round. That was my best case scenario. It is going to be yeah. tough to rapidly improve the team because they're only going to have about $10 million of cap space in the summer. Exactly. But but just what blows my mind was that we knew, like, Chirelli actually had to sign the deal with Koskinen before he was getting fired. Like, it, 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 I, think, I think the fundamental problem with this is the organization. I think 
Like, it's just clear, like, some of these things that they were doing just didn't make sense. And it didn't make sense five years ago, let alone now, right? So, Well, Shirelli like, was supposed to do some different things and take the team in a different direction, and unfortunately he didn't. And then he started kind of doing some desperate things this year, and it's it spiraled out of control. But there... How, is he, how was he allowed to sign Kostin into that deal? I don't like, know. Like I mean, that's, he's, that's, that's the part that blows my mind. As, as like, you, you know, this guy is one foot out the door. We know that. Everybody knew that, and he's yet left to make those decisions. That you know, that that literally handicaps this team going for the next couple of years. Well, all I, I, I mean, I got to take Nicholson's comment at face value that the pro scouts were had input and they looked at the available goalies in the summer and said we probably either can't get these guys or they're not better than Koskinen, so we better lock up a goalie. I, I yeah. would question, I, I mean, I, I do believe you could not go into the summer with zero goalies on the roster. Yeah, I agree. But I, I question agree. the timing of the deal because you've totally chopped Cam's legs out from under him. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and, and every other GM knows that now, right? Like, they know that Talbot is not returning, and they're going to undervalue I don't think he had any value, as much value, anyways, in the open market. Unfortunately but, like, not, no. Yeah, but basically, you you've devalued a depreciating asset even more by doing this, right? I think that I Thompson. think that's the problem for me more than the signing itself. Yeah, and, and I guess yeah, we're in agreement about the timing. And one one last question, and I'll, I'll let you go here. Who do you think in the right mind to actually come in and be the GM of an organization that's so dysfunctional? I don't know. I, be, and, right. that, and that's that worries me is that who will want the job? Yeah, because you uh, can't get a Steve Eiserman anymore. You can't get you can't. You think Sutter's going to come out here? No, are you kidding me? It's a mess, right? Like you got to like overpay and hope to God like someone's willing to, to help you out. Kind of like a kind of like a hitch. Like yeah, yeah, he got he got the phone call to come. You know, coach his local local team. Yeah, you need to find someone like that. No, that does concern me because you know Shirelli was supposed to kind of be the guy who, you know, hadn't worked for the Oilers before and and you know had had some success in Boston. I mean, sure, he'd been criticized in Boston too, but a cup is a yeah. cup, so you got to give it the GM for a cup team some credit, I would hope. Um, but yeah, now I mean, if you're getting if you hire an assistant GM, you're still getting someone with not a lot of experience, and will they have? the brass ones to come in and really take control and their first time as a GM. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, Ken, if, if, Ken, if Ken Holland decides to come here, maybe he would, but I don't know why at his point in life and career he would do that. I, I think, I think personally, I really think they should take a page out of out of the Maple Leafs and do what they did with getting Brendan Shanahan in and telling Daryl Cates, you know what, I am not, you're not, you're not, you're not touching anything from the, from the, the all nice stuff. You worry about the dollars, and 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 that's where you you see the difference. Because right now, if you don't have that, I think there's still some you know fingers that are that are being played on, on the roster management and all that stuff by the owner. And this is again, this is an assumption. I think that's that's the only way this changes. Uh, there's no other. There's no other way. They're well, they're gonna the they're gonna need a new coach too. That's another thing. I don't think Hitch is gonna be back. Yeah, well, yeah, it's good. It's 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 definitely a mess. Well, we're in for we're in for another uh, crazy well, uh, crazy summer. So. All right, see you, Anthony. Thanks. All right. Well, that brought the uh, fun level down a little bit.
but I think his concerns are very warranted. Douglas on line three. Hey, Douglas, go ahead. How you doing, sir? Good. Hey, uh, I'll just start by saying that I'm just a dumb consumer when I say all of this, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Don't sell yourself short, but okay. Okay, so I followed the scene for quite a while. Like, I moved up here in 1990 from Calgary, so don't hold that against me. But uh, I am an Oilers fan, and, you know, I'm just throwing this out there. But, you know, a GM, we never really hear Peter Shirelli talk about anything other than when he does something. So we don't know his depth of knowledge and all this stuff about people he knows in the minors, stuff like that, right? So one person that I would totally recommend to take this job is someone who knows this organization. He knows a lot about everything. I listen to him all the time, and, like, why wouldn't Bob Stoffer be a good GM for this? (laughs) You're you're just trolling everybody now, Douglas. (laughs) But thank you. All right, and uh, Roxanne on line four. Hey, Roxanne. Hi, how are you? Good. Good. Thanks for taking my call. I personally think that they really need to improve their dry land training. Sometimes they don't have the stamina to make it through a game because I've seen them train, and it's not too good. Um, I would probably start with a base pay and you earn the rest of your pay by your performance, how you perform, your, what are the incentives. And then you'll find out who would want prime rib for dinner, who's eating cereal for dinner, because some of them just don't care how they play because they know they're getting paid every week no matter whether they win or lose. Well, true, but unfortunately, I don't think that rule is ever changing. I mean, I know sometimes yeah, people no. bring that up. I mean, the, the, <laughs> it's in the CBA. That That would be interesting, though, if... If you if you got ten goals in a season, you got this much. Twenty goals was this much. I don't think we're ever yeah. going in that direction. But do you, do you say no. you you do dry land training with people, Roxanne? Are you a trainer? I don't. My husband is, but I, I work out. Well, before they went to Rogers, I have watched them work out at Millennium Place, and it's actually quite a joke. I mean, probably half of them were hungover when they were training anyway. But it was you knew who was dedicated, who wanted to be there and who wanted to grow, make the team better. You, you see who left early and who stayed late to practice. Right. Okay. So, um, I was going to say something else, and I forgot. Oh, and I, I grew up on the Oilers of the 80s. Hey, you know, they were great, whatever. But I wish they would respect each other, play for each other like they did back then. They were a family back then. They played for the family. You won as a family. You lost as a family. That's my opinion. Thanks, Roxanne. Appreciate it. 780-496-0063. I will try to get everybody in before my show ends at 8 o'clock, but i got to take a break right now. Oh, is this Greta Van Fleet? They're a great band. Weren't they just on Saturday Night Live? They were. Well, I'm going to have to watch that. Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Don't forget about the Northern Chicken Super Bucket. Well, i got to get like a voice echo effect on that. Big games need big eats. Order your Super Bucket for your big game party at northchickenyeg.com. I wonder if there are any big football games coming up next Sunday for which it would be appropriate to order a Northern Chicken Super Bucket. We'll have to check the NFL schedule, Kellen. (laughs) I heard rumor about a bowl that is possibly super. 
unconfirmed reports. George is calling in. Hello, George. Hey, I got something for you. Okay. The first guy that's got to come out of that dressing room is go, go, uh, the guy from Calgary, the, uh, the, the coach. He's got to come out. That's the plague right there. He flipped up the Flames. He's flipped up Dallas. Get him out of there. That's a plague right there. That guy's got to go. Glenn Gulletson. Okay. What do you think he's done that mean that as if specifically that has been bad? Well, his history. Just have to look at him. Just have to look at his history. It's right there. No one's going to believe this guy. No one's going to listen to this guy. He's a screamer, yeller. He's got the bro cream in the hair. Get him out of there. This guy's not belong. No, out. Okay. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. Patrick calling in as well. Hello, Patrick. How you doing? Pretty good. Um, I, I, it really bothers me, uh, these so-called Oilers fans who call in and they want to run everybody down. Now, let me let me just say, I know Ken Hitchcock as a person, and I know uh, Robbie Brown. And uh, when Robbie Brown was a player, he was uh, called as being a, uh, a floater and this and that. This goes back to your show last night. Now, what Robbie Brown did was score 40 or 50 goals a year. And I believe what the Oilers need is they need a Robbie Brown. Uh, they, they need... <laughs> it, 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 it goes a little further than this. Please, you fans, you're calling in and saying we should get uh, uh, Ryan Smith back. There is a CBA. Okay. No, Ryan Smith's not coming back. I know we can't. We can't just have. <laughs> I'm not an ignorant fan. Uh, we we have a, a a very good team, I believe. But what the, the we continue to do, or the Oilers continue to do, is change. You expect. Uh, like Alex Chason, perfect example. Well, he comes in, and you, you fans all love him because he scored 10 goals and four. Well, he scored at a 32% shooting percentage. Well, he's not going to do that the rest of the year. He is a very good role player. We have very good role players, but uh, uh, I think the fans expect far too much. These guys don't come here to play. Uh, I'm speaking as a former player. Uh, we don't come here to try to lose because we don't try our best. Uh, we give everything we have, but if 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 you look right back to the beginning of the season, uh, whether you like Terry Jones or not, I agree with him 100%. We weren't good enough. We're not good enough. We 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 haven't had a number one goalie for, uh, and I believe, uh, and, and no disrespect to Cam Talbot. Right, Patrick. So just sorry, I just I'm just what's what's the focus of your phone call? Is this are you upset at Rob? Or are you upset that, 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 that the whole point is we've had ten coaches and people want to fire Hitchcock now. Uh, we've had what have we had? We've had a guy who said who was like. Uh, 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 Mr. Uh, McTavish, we're going to make bold moves. Well, they haven't made bold moves. Well, Shirelli did. You he traded to, some pretty big name players. Like who? Taylor Hall? I, I, yeah, I consider Taylor Hall a big name player. Uh, yes, Everly I do. And I, I imagine he was upset. And 
uh, the fans should be upset, but there is a salary cap. You can't have everybody, but it's rather shocking that other teams are being able to overcome this where Edmonton is not. So I think you have to look a little higher than Mr. Shirelli as to uh, where the the old boys gang where you got the Gretzkys and Kevin Lowe and these guys run the show, uh, those days are over. That's exactly your last lady who phoned in and said, well, I remember them. From, well, you know, those days are over. There's a different collective bargaining, bargaining agreement altogether. Yeah. You cannot uh, keep those type of players under your control for, for forever. All right. Patrick, and, I gotta get a... my, my point is being, uh, if, if, if you expect we're going to sign a guy like Connor McDavid, and thank God that he stood up and said, look, you guys, he, this team goes as long as far as he takes them. Okay. Well, he is and signed he for Patrick. I got to get other people in, but thank yeah. you for calling. And, of course, McDavid is uh, signed here for seven more years after this one. Okay, Dan, go ahead. Hey, Reed, how's it going? Pretty good, buddy. I'm running out of time. Go for a minute. Yeah, I'll, I'll be as quick as I can. So here's my problem with Bob Nicholson's comments today. Is He said that they had planned on firing Shirelli prior to the game, prior to that day. It's rather convenient for him to say that with the Koskinen signing being a group decision when he fired him during the second period. I think what happened is he got a phone call. You fire him right now. Get him out of there. It's done. This guy keeps messing up. Let's tell the fans the truth. You know, that they, they had no plan on firing Shirelli is what my end until they got the whistle blowing from the higher up and, and, and got it done. It just everything he said was just too convenient to, to, to make his point plan my opinion anyways and then i think shirelli had full charge to sign koskinen and they had no plan on firing him until they got that call to fire him all right thanks dan and final call goes to harry harry i i'm really tight you got 33 seconds i'll be really fast um read one comment on our goal coach dustin schwartz um i can't recall if he has any nhl experience but he hasn't won a stanley cup but if you take a look at Brassois leaving Edmonton, whose game pretty much just fell apart on him, he reinvented himself in the summer, I think being under the tutelage of Adam Francilia, same guy who rehabbed Dubnik, same guy who rehabbed Hellebuck. What is it going to take for our organization to realize that maybe we need a better cold coach because Talbot was making the same mistakes in game one in Sweden that he made all of last year, glove high, short side high. Uh, fair criticism. Uh, I, I think if, but as I've always said, if you're going to criticize Dustin Schwartz, then you should also praise him for the season Talbot did have. I have heard from several people that as an Edmonton Oiler, Laurent Brossois flat out didn't work hard enough. Okay. And I think he had to confront that and, uh, and change a little bit for Winnipeg, but I totally understand, uh, your question for sure. Thanks, Reed. We're done. Great show, everybody. Thanks a lot. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer, Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. I am off for a week. Dave Campbell will be hosting tomorrow. Have fun, everybody. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.